John, this is our second visit with Jake Bright, contributing writer for TechCrunch. Fascinating guy to talk to about EVs. Uh, he's come out with, in what is my estimation, is a, uh, a, a very provocative article uh, trying to assign a grade to EVs and the live wire mm-hmm. in particular pretty the, early the, on. The title itself was challenging. Very Just challenging. to even get through the, ch- the, the title of his article. But Missing Links to Grading Harley-Davidson's EV Pivot. That was the title of his yeah. article. Didn't really make me want to read it, but it's an excellent article. Fantastic article. Tune in. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. On the line with us today is uh, someone that's no stranger to our podcast, Mark. Jake Bright, a contributing writer for TechCrunch. Welcome, Jake. Welcome, Jake. Hey, guys. Great to be back. Jake uh, recently wrote an article. We One of the last visits we had with him was um, when he wrote an article um, that uh, was a bit controversial, and he's onto it again with the title, The Missing Links to Grading. Harley Davidson's EV Pivot. Yeah, which, I, I had to read that like three times. Well, yeah, just even the title was yeah. a little much for me. Much, very. Um, the, high. some of our some of our folks out there in the world that listen to our podcast, yeah. uh, or or I shouldn't say listen, have critiqued the podcast. Have said these two guys don't know shit about motorcycles. So <laughs> it's obvious because I don't even know what the hell the title means. Jake, what? what the hell does the title even mean? What are you What are you talking about? Missing links to grading. Harley Davidson's EV pivot. Yeah, I, I actually spent some time on that. There's a 67-character rule of titles. You know, I think I hit that part, but um, I guess hopefully there's less. I hope it's less confusion and more intrigue on what came after. I mean, basically, the the gist of the article is, you know, Harley's. Obviously, there's a lot going on with Harley always. Uh, there's a lot going on now with. Um, this continued kind of revamp of Harley through, you know, declining sales and transition for years now. And then you add to that the coronavirus stuff. And um, But what I really tried to drill down on is, you know, you have Harley uh, that's embarked on this electric vehicle pivot, right? And I think, John, what we should do is we can't assume that everybody knows as much about this as we do. So, you know, if I, if I were to subjectively put it in a nutshell, I mean, we know that Harley parallel to its, you know, its, its cruiser line and the, and the internal combustion bikes that, that it's known so well for is created this separate line, this separate uh, product development line for developing electric motorcycles, right? Right. And that that culminated, they did a ton of testing and focus grouping, the Livewire project, and then that culminated last year in launching the Livewire, which is, you know, the 29000 first uh, production electric vehicle for Harley. Um, and that's supposed to be the, 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 you know, the premiere of a line of electric products for Harley that we've gotten, you know, hints that that could include scooters and, and e-bicycles. Um, and basically what I do with this article is, you know, coming around one year, um, it's tried to come up with a, a, a couple things to say about how do we evaluate where HD is on the Livewire launch and its electric program. And um, what I came up with was basically two sides. One, that there are some things we don't have yet 
that makes it hard to evaluate it for. And then even with that, I said, okay, granted that um, there are a few things on the scorecard that we can we can look at now. Okay. Yeah. Well, so Jake, I mean, the first step would be one year out. I mean, we we as a as a dealer just got these bikes in January. So, I mean, have we really, have we had it? Is it really time to to uh, grade Harley-Davidson and its EV pivot? I think we have to, and I'll, I'll tell you on those two things I mentioned, I'll, I'll tell you where I came out on it. Um, on, on why I think it's difficult to grade it now, it's, it's largely because Harley hasn't released any sales staff sure. for how the live wire is done. And in its financial reporting, which... You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a geek with this stuff. I love to deal with publicly traded companies because they have to, like, give you data at all these intervals to actually look at how they're doing rather than have to speculate all the time, right? So I was hoping, and I talked to Harley about whether they would include some, you know, unit sales on the live wire in their 20, end of 2019 financial reporting or their first quarter. And I was hoping they would because you guys have seen, like, there's a lot of speculation about was this a failure? Did it flop? Is this a success? So I thought, you know what, let's cut to how the market um, determined. And what, what we found out is that Harley is not releasing any live wire sales stats. Yeah, well, why, folded, why, uh, why would they, though, Jake? They those stats into the cruiser line, which includes 16 other bikes. Sure. So we don't really know how the live wire did in sales, except there have been some, you know, kind of patchwork reports done from dealer reports and you know i think those are less reliable than just hardly giving its numbers so point one is that we need to see some sales stats the second thing that i i said is really missing for us to know you know how to how to judge this you know electric vehicle pivot for harley is we don't know what what's next right and we always knew that the live wire was going to be kind of a bit of a halo product like something that wasn't necessarily the, the one designed for mass market um, to introduce the program. Mm-hmm. Harley's hinted at what comes next, um, but I think what comes next will really have to be uh, the product that goes mass market and really has appeal with a broader audience and a younger audience, and we still don't know what that is yet. So those are the two missing links, I think, to say, you know, can we give some grade to this thing now? Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I guess... Uh we've always had a thoughtful um you know substantive discussion on on these topics you and i and, and mark mark not probably not so much but the gist of it is is um you know if these motorcycles landed in dealers in the fall of 2019 and and uh, the season is just getting started with a pandemic i'm not sure that they've had an opportunity to to be retailed at the level that they they might be, that's one little concern that I have. But also, as far as reporting the the, the data, I mean, they were upfront. I mean, as far as reporting this early on, it, as you stated, it's a Halo product. It was going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a couple three thousand of these units. So, you know, does that really matter in the in the scheme of things right now when we haven't had a a, a season for people to even ride them? I think. At least at our dealership, we've maybe had maybe a dozen, maybe including staff, because the weather hasn't been here. So I think that's a concern that we, as as someone that's ridden the live wire, and I know you have as well, Jake, and you've been impressed with it. 
uh, and not to bolster it, but just to play a little devil's advocate that I'm not sure we've had the, the motor company really hasn't had an opportunity to really launch these things. No different than some of the other limited edition motorcycles that have just landed that are, that are extremely desirable touring motorcycles. Well, that, that was also my sort of take when I looked at the title of your article before even getting into the article, the only logical grade in my estimation at this point is an I for incomplete. Uh, it, it just seems to me that it's a bit early to uh, be coming to any conclusions about the performance of the product given the circumstances, the point at which the bikes have been available to the public and the interruption uh, of the pandemic uh, are two really major factors in this. So I, I'd like the semester to sort of be complete before the professor gives a grade uh, in, in my opinion, that's what I, that's how I took from it. Thoughts, yeah, look, guys, all, all fair points. Um, but, you know, the pandemic, I think the financial reporting would have been for a sales period that was prior, not the exact cutoff, but it would have been prior, you know, to, um, it, it would have been mostly before um, Corona had hit. Agreed. You know, my, my thing, and, and one of the things, though, John, is, and I, I think there's some discussion or maybe even some debate around this. There's been a ton of stuff said. I mean, to your comment about, my comment and your comment about this being a halo vehicle, I'm actually a little bit confused because I, you know, I've listened to how Harley positioned this going back into last year, and it seems like they've shifted a bit in how they might have positioned the live wire. But earlier on, um, it sounded like they really expected to sell a lot of units. And I never heard Harley themselves refer to the Livewire as a halo vehicle until mm. I, I checked in with a spokesperson recently. I'd heard critics refer or speculate that Harley was positioning it as a halo vehicle. But now I heard, uh, you know, Harley told me directly through a spokesperson that it's a halo vehicle. So I don't, I don't know if Harley shifted that and, you know, they moved to saying it was a halo vehicle because if they didn't sell as much, I have no idea. Um, but my thing is, like, put it out there. Uh, you know, put if, you know, even if the numbers are low and you have to caveat it with, you know, asterisks, asterisks that, of all the things you guys mentioned, I think, you know, in the longer term, if Harley wants to be evaluated um, for this electric vehicle, um, you know, project that they're doing, and it, it entails creating bikes and selling them to the market and getting people to buy them. I think they need to create a new line item for EV sales and not just consolidate it into the cruiser line, which is a totally different line and includes 16 other motorcycles. And we can't really derive anything from that data. So that, hey, that's where I was coming from with sure, that. Hey, sure. hey, Jake, for clarity's sake, what what exactly do you mean by halo vehicle? I mean, what what do you how how else would you say that? You know, it's something, it's one of these acronyms where, um, you know, we almost forget what it means, but um, I think it goes back to a little bit of, of Tesla did this, where you purposely put out something that's, you know, that's high price and kind of a flashy object that's intended more to kind of a, a, attract people to a new product line versus actually be positioned um, as a product and at price point to be something that people can buy widely. Uh, you know, and, and other brands have done this. Again, Tesla has been 
um, you know, it's been associated with Tesla. And, it, and it's really supposed to kind of bring that attention toward what's next. You know, I mean, right? sh- so, showcase talents and their resources. That's exactly. what I. That's what a halo vehicle is designed to do is okay. show the capabilities of the manufacturer, which is one reason why I, I believe that they have referred to it as as that. But, but you know, either way, I mean, it's not uncommon for manufacturers to to isolate or, or, or excuse me, not isolate, but include uh, vehicles within, uh, kind of wrap them into other financials. I mean, Indian or Polaris does that with Indian motorcycles, don't they? I'm not familiar with their financial specifically, but if I, you know, I didn't, this, this is a more personal editorial point. Sure. Um, not to say there wasn't any editorial in my article. Um, from a very personal editorial point of view, following Harley, following how much they've touted this uh, electric vehicle program, um, that it's something to be parallel to, you know, their, their cruiser and, and touring line. I think they need to create separate reporting for the electric vehicle program. I agree. Otherwise, in, it's going to be in, extremely difficult. Sure. In time, I think that makes sense. I, I agree with that. So... But, you know, just, just to transition, guys, you know, my, my article wasn't, you know, it was basically... There, there was this. There, there are a couple of missing links, but you know, I did mention that there is a there is a scorecard even you know with that that we can look at, right? And you know, I can start with the negative or the positive first, but I'll start with the positive. You know, I did I did definitely um, say that you know I think Harley definitely succeeded in one aspect um, with the LiveWire that we can we can agree to, and that you know they had a really tough task, and and you guys spend way more time with, you know, deep, hardcore, long-standing Harley-Davidson folks than I do. But, you know, I have a little bit of that in my background. And I was always wondering, you know, how are they going to, you know, Harley has to create something that kind of checks out in this new electric cloud mobility world, right? Um, but they also have to, to create something that even if maybe it's not something their loyal riders are going to jump out and buy immediately, like it still checks out, right? As, as Harley's first electric vehicle, it's got it's got to hit the mark with both of those crowds, right? And in my estimation, you know, being around the live wire, seeing response, I've seen some of the things you've done. You know, I went to the the debut in New York City where they brought like twenty of them out, you know, in a track. It seems like they they definitely did that, right? So, it, you know, it's got bona fides with in the electric vehicle category. But I get a sense, like even you know, I, I showed a picture of it to my grandpa, who's been riding Harley's back to the you know fifties, and he thought it was cool, right? He said, "Sure, I'd ride that thing if somebody put it in front of me." You know, it's still riding. So in that sense, I think they they definitely um, they deserve credit uh, on the live wire for hitting that that mark. So Jake, your article goes even further into that. You you get in a little little deeper into your scorecard analysis. Tell, tell our listeners some of the other components of, of uh, either what you, how you're scoring EV or, or how you're scoring all EVs for that matter. Well, you know, here's, here's the critical part. Um, and this was debated before it came out, after, during. I just think they blew it on the price. Um, you know, 99% of everybody I've talked to, whether it's supposed to be a halo vehicle or not, just think that 29,000 bucks is just too much um, for the bike. And then you get into some of the other competitors out there and 
I think I think that when you strip away the price factor, like when you, when you pair up um, the live wire to like Zero's SRS or you know Energica, which is Italian brand, the live wire does really well. But when you get into the price component, everybody's you know asking, is this worth? Does it do ten thousand dollars more well <laughs> or better? Yeah. Um, that these other these other bikes, and I, I just think they should have priced it a little more. But but it, on the same scale, I mean, I guess. My question to you, and you've you've certainly um, done a lot of research and uh, and ridden both of the motorcycles, the Zero SRF and the um, and the Livewire. But the Zero SRF, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we had a discussion about this at one point in time. So we're talking ten thousand dollars less. But then, in order to add the extended range capability, or or the um, the uh, DC fast charging capability. Right, because I think your article mentions an hour of charge time, but the Zero SRF does not come with that option initially. Am I am I that's, wrong? That's Tell me I'm correct. wrong. So, so you know, the, the the gap becomes a little narrower, right? Um, if you throw on the you know some of the key options on on the SRF, um, I'm not sure exactly what would be off the top of my head, but it's it's a little narrower of a gap um, when you get a fully option Zero SRF. Well, because you can't combine, I think that the the question is you can't you cannot combine the the zero SRF SRF either allows you to add the extended range battery or the DC fast charging option, but you can't add both. But I I, I don't know that for a fact. That's my understanding and having I've not seen anything out there that that confirms that. Maybe you could do a follow up on this and let us know. But I I think it's one or the other. Which, yeah, the one I had had the fast charging, but it didn't have the extra tank battery. Right. I'm not sure if you could have added those, but you know, I'll add that to my geek out on EVs to do <laughs> research list. Yeah, well, we're, we we look to you to teach us. <laughs> well, I look to you guys too, so it's two way street. So, so Jake, are are you feeling that you said that Harley Davidson blew it on the price point? Do you think? Do you mean that they blew it? In general, that the price point is too high, or in comparison to the competition specifically, I mean. I think it's both. I mean, look, if you want to get, if you wanted me to consolidate, like, you know, I didn't do like some spreadsheet survey, right, and grade like, you know, this response led to this. This means, you know, 8.5 people thought it was too high, but the, the general consensus I got is it's priced too damn high. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what I heard a lot. Um, you know, but you know, I don't know where they go with that. And, and and this is the thing. I got into this kind of you're going back and forth. So I'm hearing it's priced too high, but the best way to, to see if something is priced properly is to see if people buy it, right? And to see that, then I got into this thing where, okay, let's go back and get some sales stats. Sure. And you can't really verify that. So there have been some reports. I don't know. Like, I mean, you guys are you guys are right there on the – you know, people make the, the the buying decision on the product for space more than I am. But the thing I, I mean, it's part of the reason I dug into this article is I've also seen like Reuters did an article that called the the live wire a sales flop. And if you dig into the data, it wasn't very complete at all. It was some like un, I don't know if it was source dealer input. I mean, how many dealers are there? Harley Davidson dealers in you know in North America. So I, I also didn't find that fair, um, and that's what again led me to want more data. Yeah, Harley yeah. themselves. That makes sense. I mean, no one quotes Reuters anymore, anyway. <laughs> there you go, huh? 
Jake, what else? Tell us, tell our listeners uh, the rest of, on your article because it was, as with all your articles on all the diff- different topics, but especially the ones that I enjoy reading about the different uh, motorcycles that you, uh, they, they, they leave on your doorstep to ride. What else in this article uh, did, did you find that, as far as your research goes, it was fascinating? But you know what, what? What I do with this article is that you know I love EVs. Like people are like, there's an either or debate, and I've had a chance for nearly two years to jump on and off both, you know, bikes and product offerings across gas and electric. And for me, I actually love both. Right? Um, if I had to tip the equation, if I had to get a bike, I still like my basic thing that I say is that I've said is that for electric motorcycles to go mass market, they have to give buyers little to no reason to go gas when you get into the key criteria that we look at for bikes, right? right? Like price, weight, performance. Like basically, what do I get out of this thing? Um, so I, I like both bikes. I like both categories. But what I did in this article is I, I still think that the industry is missing um, – a you know potential model that could go could really connect with young people and go mass market. So you know, I did a little bit of if I were to throw together a spec sheet of what could come next for Harley, right? Um, you know I threw that out there, and what I what I came up with is I think it would be really cool for Harley to like their next electric vehicle to be something that's like a tracker style. You know, it kind of channels the, the dirt track style. And they, they did a mock-up to that effect that's included in the article, right? You're talking about the something orange one that looks yeah. like XR something, almost? Yeah, like something that's around, so, so something that's like tracker style um, and channels the dirt track, you know, Harley's dirt track racing tradition and style. Something that's around eight to $10,000. Something that um, has a range of at least 100 miles. Something that's definitely lighter than, you know, what is the live wire you know, pushing 500 pounds. Some that's lighter that would be easier to ride for, like, more fun to ride. I mean, the light bikes are more, generally if they're powered, right, are more fun for all of us. But easier to ride for for beginners. Um, and something that would have, you know, some kind of limited, you know, dirt capability, right? So you can even put some flat track tires on it. Um, and the other thing I didn't mention in the article I think would be cool is it can channel a little bit the success of Ducati's scrambler movement. And one part of, basically, that what I just described is almost what Ducati did with the Scrambler, except it's, it's gas, not electric. But the other thing that would be cool, I mean, two more, two more final things on it, is it would have to be styled, it have to be uniquely HD, right? But to have some um, modification ability, right? People love to swap things on and off their bikes. So to me, that package um, was kind of, you know, my saying, well, this is what I think could come next and what could do well, um, which is, it's a big deal. Of, it's, a, it's a great amount of armchairing guys. I'm sure, sure Harley engineers and marketing guys have come up, up with this themselves, but I have the luxury of being able to do that and hopefully they figure it out and you see something like that on your showroom floor. Do you, do you follow, uh, and I know we're running out of time. I know you're a busy guy, but, um, do you follow a, um, a gentleman by the name of uh, Diego Cardenas? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's in, he's a, uh, a a pretty influential guy within the live wire community out in California, right, Mark? Somewhere yeah. there. Yep. Um, it has a Facebook uh, group called the Harley Davidson Live Wire Riders 
group, I believe. But he's uh, modifying these. His uh, a bunch of other people out in California are are doing lots of different mods on Livewire machines. So so definitely oh, I take. Think they, I think they liked the article on Twitter. I, I recognize that now. Yeah. Yep. He's he's uh, he's definitely dialed in. Very uh, heavily Tesla focused as well. Um, engineering background. Um, but definitely look him up. He's a um, yeah. pretty influential in, in that world and certainly could tell you a lot about um, the operations. He, he, we had a conversation with him uh, where he, he taught us a bunch of different yeah. things about having pushed the live wire into certain ranges and uh, its limp mode, which I thought was really interesting. He compared um, the, uh, the zero, how the, apparently the live wire goes into a limp mode where it will um, and he couldn't get a lot of information from Harley, but it went into a limp mode and it got him home. Um, whereas I guess the zero go- drops down to yeah. non-existent and yeah. not knocking the zero. Cause I think they're, they're fantastic machines. I'm just saying that the comparisons, there's some technology yeah, comparisons. Under a certain battery, under a certain battery power, like I've had to tap it on the SRF, you know, you, you switched it and you're like, you know, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Right. It drops down to um, a smaller percentage. Which is it's supposed to get you home, but um, yeah. Well, but, Jay- I mean, John, to what you're saying, this, this is what's like. This is why, also, I I can't wait for more of these bikes to get out. And and the other thing is, I've been following a lot of the bike life movement, which some people see these kids as like kind of outlaws and you know whatever in the cities. These kids are riding um, big groups in, in New York City and Philadelphia. But what I also want to see is these kids have a lot of initiative. I want to see something that, that reaches a price point that they can get. Because what you're touching on is, is this, like, third element of how motorcycle stuff and hot rod stuff gets developed. Let's throw it out there in the market. And people, you know, doing that, like, people just naturally garage-type gearhead people will find stuff that the engineers and the testing people at companies like Harley-Davidson could have never imagined, right? And then that feedback loop goes back Harley. Oh, sure. The custom world. And it has an effect on how things evolve. So we haven't quite gotten there with electric motorcycles yet. But I think when, and and that thing that I suggested, that $10,000 tracker style um, kind of lighter bike, I think if Harley Davidson put something like that out there, that would start to get some of these younger folks to buy this thing and start tinkering with it and give and create that feedback loop that we don't have now. Yeah, understood. And I agree with you. I mean, certainly uh, if the price point was lower, then we, we might see uh, some of these younger folks coming in. But I, I think that's coming down the road. You know, I don't know that for but a I fact. But I know, just one more thing that you know. Like, as soon as anybody gets on an electric vehicle like a live wire or any proper well-designed electric vehicle, from the first, like, we didn't talk about the power delivery. Right and, and no gears. I think from the first twist, that will hook everybody. It does. There's almost nothing like that. Acceleration is, you know, it's unparalleled in most other motorcycles. It puts a smile on everyone's right. face. So far, everyone that has ridden the motorcycle, even some of the folks that were a little critical, have come back and and their response is wow. So I I think yeah. you know that that that's what this is going to boil down to. We need we need a good season where folks nationwide are riding these, and I think you're going to see. Um, you know, some things change and reinforce that, that, that idea. But I think, you know, your, your, your point of the comparison, right. Is it's, it's riding in parallel to ice motorcycles and it's not meant to replace, uh, you know, internal combustion and engines. 
And, you know, that's that's always um, unfortunate to read comments out there in the world and the, the marketplace, especially on Facebook, where folks say, well, there's no way in hell I'm trading in my XYZ model um, for that. I ride across country. Well, OK, but I mean, you don't buy a, a four cylinder car when you're uh, going to be towing, you know, a, a trailer for a living. I mean, they're, they're, everything is different for different uses and. Um, and I think people will get that once they start seeing the the fun factor behind the live wire. To me, that's what this motorcycle is about. It's about thrill, getting on a machine and, and riding for a few hours. And, and I mean, I spent uh, time about a month ago on one for the day. Um, and, you know, a couple, uh, it was probably a couple hours of, of riding, but uh, some of the th- most thrilling rides that I've ever been on. And, um you, you had that electric Zen moment. I've had it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It, 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 and the, it, other, the other thing is that you, you have you have just continual, uninterrupted forward motion with no noise, right? So yeah, you, you feel you like you're in Tron. Even somebody that's really efficient on the clutch, the clutch of gas and the shifter, you know that's interruption, right? It's it's a, it's a maybe a I don't know a half a second, but you're just constantly going forward. The power stream never never really stops on some roads and that's just amazing I and mean, i could imagine up where you guys are i would dream to have a live a, a live wire up there on those vermont roads and and uh i i could get myself into trouble saying this but i've never passed so many vehicles on a, <laughs> on a sunday afternoon um on any internal combustion engine and i wasn't intending to be a in fact i i i believe it was i was fairly safe in passing the vehicles it just was effortless to pass every yep. vehicle on the on the on the straightaways versus what I would normally do. To the get to the gas to the rear wheel, and no downshifting plus right. all that torque. It's it's yeah. I mean the, the lateral passing ability is of e motos is just nuts, and you do start to like. I find myself having to tone down. Like wait a second, because you start feeling like one of these reckless riders, but it's so easy and so fast to just zip in and out of traffic. So, yeah, it is. That's electric moto. Yep. Definitely check out Diego. He talks a lot about uh, uh, lane splitting and how, how long it takes him to get to work on an EV motorcycle. So ch- check out that. Uh, yeah, some, there's some a stuff. little disadvantage there, though, and you, you have no rev. So lane splitting on EVs, like, you know, you, you have no way to tip off cars except the horn. So it's a little barrier. But yeah. yeah. Well, Diego's doing it. So ch- check him yeah, out when you get a yeah, chance. Definitely. Jay- Jake, I know you're a busy guy. You, you're probably on to the next uh, article for TechCrunch or any of the other um, uh, magazines uh, um, or media that you write for. But uh, we appreciate your time. And um, and thank, thank you so much for carving out some time to visit with us on this topic because uh, it's important stuff and it's very exciting times. And, and I hope that uh, down the road you get some of your uh, wishes with some of these products. Yeah, listen, thanks, guys. I hope so. Um, I know Charlie all the time that when that next product comes out, um, you know, please call me, <laughs> email me. We will. I'll be there to try it out. And then, yeah, I, I'm consistently, you know, as much as I can. It's not my main focus at TechCrunch, but, uh, and I also do some writing for Godzilla, but I'm consistently trying to stay on top of the new electric stuff, so whether it's Harley or Energica or Zero. And, you know, even today I did a piece on this new Swedish, off-roading motorcycle company called Cake um, that created a you know 150 pound 
uh, off-road dirt bike that's been designed from the ground up. So there's a lot of cool stuff out there. And, you know, it's exciting, uh, Mark, because, you know, mobility is all over the place, right? It's, it's one of the coolest times to be in and around just transportation because everything's being, like, redefined by the second, so including in motorcycling. Absolutely. Well, Jake, we really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll uh, we'll circle back with you hopefully in the near future when we uh, hear about some other products. Awesome, guys. Hopefully you're riding. Stay safe, stay sane, and um, thanks for the time. We'll talk soon. Thanks, thanks Jake. Jake. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.